and don't make no apology for it. You know, yesterday I had the desire just to go and be among the protesters. And Carl and some of the young fellas tried to talk me out of it. But I was out there in Hoover, 1130, you know, had that goon look on me because they were looking like that. So I had to look like that. So I couldn't look like I was scared, but I had a little fear in there. But I said, if this is how I go out, this is how it's be. At least I'm doing the work of the Lord. And they were saying black lives matter. I was fish to the air. And I was, you know, saying some stuff that y'all probably wouldn't want me to say, but had to look the part. <laughs> they were talking about killing police. I ain't say it, but, you know, I had to pretend like I was with them and what they were saying. And, and they had some music on. And, and I was like walking around looking at them, trying to figure out what all the fuss is about. And so here I was out there, me, I ain't going to name the other two fellas with me. I, don't, I didn't think they was kind of nervous, but they said they following our pastor. So we walking through there like we like we know, like we own the land. <laughs> and the police started throwing tear gas. And I said, I got to go now. <laughs> When I saw that smoke, I said, NBA young boy, I hear you. No smoke for me. I'm out of here. <laughs> so I got in my little car out there and made it back here in Fairfield where it's safe and calm. So, but it, it, there's a madness to that story. I, mean, I don't know. I might go tonight and I may go the next night. They supposed to be out there. But, hey, I'm trying to figure out why you're trying to break into Galleria and do what you're trying to do. But I understand it. I mean, it's. There's a lot of things there that's in that. So, and I'm going to speak to that a little bit, but stand to your feet. We're going to um, try to address what is happening. Um, I got to turn my mic on here. Um, what is happening, what we see happening going on in, in America right now. So going to come from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Here we go. Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing this and he says, for although we live in the flesh. Sarks, we do not wage war according to this flesh, this physical thing that we see. Since the weapons of our warfare, they're not guns, they're not swords. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. For we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Back to that Matthew chapter 28 again. And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete. This is the word of God. Have your seats. You know, I've been all over the place the last few days. To be honest with you, my hope today that I would resume Romans chapter six and got to thinking about that. Man, we've been, can't get to Romans. We've been in Romans, but can't get to six in COVID-19. And now one of the greatest hostilities are hit in our country since the Civil War. And here we are. And but I thought about why um, in the first place was we even trying to get to the book of Romans in the first place? Because I had been warning and I will keep warning. And I told you guys last week and I told you, I mean, you know, at Urban Hope and those of you on Facebook Live, we have been saying this for a while, that there's coming a great attack in the matters of race. So I've been saying we have to be gospel centered, gospel saturated. You can't be caught slipping because right now. The winds and the waves are blowing. As you can see, if you just go on social media, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Boy, the javelins are coming every which way. 
So if you were to just to take a look at the church as Brother Dion was praying into it, you would find your hard place to see where is the church that Jesus died for that said will be a light on a hill. Because it seems like the church is intermingled with folks who are co who are co-opted by the king of darkness. I'm like, God, man, maybe you ain't really who you said you were. Cause I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. But then Jesus said, now, come on, you know, you know, I'm the real deal. That I sit high and look low. That I fling out stars and I know them all by name. I is not the problem. <laughs> maybe what we believe in is could be the problem. And so in that, I just you know what is happening. And so I was like, Lord, I can go many different ways today. I'm all over the place. And so I was reminded by the scripture from Matthew 10, 19, where Jesus told his disciples not to worry about what you would say in that hour when you would be persecuted and kidnapped. He said, because I will give to you what you need to say in that hour. So I'm just trusting the Lord that he will um, give to me, and you have a few words written down here, but what he needs to be said. And I truly believe at this appointed time in my life at 53, for the things that are happening right now, my email, my phone is blowing up. Most of you know my racial story and all of that. For such a time as this, as Esther, was I born into the kingdom. Born to speak the word of God in the midst of mass confusion as it relates to matters of race. And that anyone, and a friend of mine reminded me yesterday, he said, man, when I first met you, you were meaner than a junkyard dog as it relates to race. And I forget how bad I was. Thank God for no internet and no mass media. Because some of y'all are probably like, man, PA was talking like that. Yeah, I was pretty, pretty, pretty over there. And so I, he had to remind me, he said when he met me, he works for the, this company in Grand Rapids. I'm not going to mention her name, but he was like, man, that that big dude, bro, he is he is something terrible. And, you know, I was man, Malcolm X and had a little Martin in there, but I was more Malcolm X than those days and still trying to figure it out. And so he reminded me of that. And so today I said, Jesus, just fill my heart with your love, your grace that I may echo what you would want to be said. And Jesus also said in John 16, 13, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will also declare to you what is to come. Jesus was telling his disciples that the Holy Spirit will grant to you whatever, what things that are to come. And as I've said here, um, the Lord has really been telling us, get ready, buckle down, 2020 is going to be for a ride. As we can see, we're six months in, five months in, and six months in. It's a ride. It's been one thing after another. COVID-19, and now um, Floyd, Albury, it's just one after another. And now we got riots and looting happening all over the country. As soon as the night goes down, Sandra told me today, um, just so you know the impact of this having economically, if you're a Target fan, Target said, we're shutting down. So you ain't getting us no more. <laughs> you got your last flat screen TV from us. <laughs> we shutting down. Everybody going back to the unemployment block because we, we ain't staying open all over the country. That's the impact it's having. The Target says we're shutting down until y'all can figure out what y'all going to do here in America because we can't take that chance no more. And so with that being said, um, in the book of Acts chapter six, for pastors to really be able to know what it is that God is saying, there's a story there when the apostles were preaching and speaking, and there were all kinds of infighting breaking out among the Christians, the Hebrews and the Greek Christians. And the apostles told them, say, hey, um, we can spend our time trying to figure out why Shaniqua don't like Leah and all of that. But, we, you know, that's important because we do have to figure that stuff out. So we're going to put some uh, deacons in there. But they said for their time and for best what God has called them to do, the apostles said that they need to labor and to devote themselves to prayer 
and with the ministry of the word. I think that's the calling of a pastor um, is to really be in his word, to always be on his knees, to always be before the face of God and to be seeking God, asking God what it is that he wants me to say to his church, which I will give an account on the day of judgment for every word that I've spoken. That is a sobering reminder to me and to all of us that this is what we do, how we pray and what we say is not for it's not for um, for us to have a sleight of hand. And so the apostle says they raised up some deacons. Let them do that. Let us stay on our knees so that we can know and be able to speak and give a word to the people of God. And not always be playing golf and everything else. We need to be on our faces seeking God. So, Lord, what is it that you're saying to your people? So that's where we're at. And that's why, why would apostles really have to say this to the people in the book of Acts? Um, so that they could be able to lead the people by the Holy Spirit. Because they had to lead us, such as myself and Chad and Dion, our elders that we're in training, to direct us by the direction of the Holy Spirit through all the demonic worldviews and strongholds and arguments and every lofty opinion that is against the knowledge of God. They're everywhere. And we have to preach and teach in such a way that we bring all of these disobedient thoughts under the obedience of Christ. And that is not something you do easily. You have to really know the word because this is why. First slide that I want to show you. This is an important slide here. I've just got one slide today back to my original way of preaching. But I want you to read this scripture here. Why is it important that pastors and teachers be on their knees and in the word? Because Paul says here in first, first Timothy chapter four, he said, now the spirit, the Holy Spirit, expressly, explicitly says, say this is clear, this is going to happen, and it's already happening, and it's going to increase all the more that in the latter times, if you don't have any idea we're not in the latter times, all you got to do is turn on the news, that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Man, white man religion. Pastor Alton, it's for the white people. Whatever. I mean, folks just going to throw in the towel, walk away. You're going to see folk walk away from the church. I'm telling you, get ready for it. If you even go on Facebook right now and say you like a white person in Jesus, you're going to get canceled. Get ready for it. Now, I told you it's going to get rough now. You go in there saying, man, I got some good white folks like Dad's Brian, cancel. That's where it's going to. That devil basically saying, I'm going to see what you really believe. And folks scared to type up. But in the latter times, some will depart. I'm done with Jesus talk. I'm in the front line out there with PA, ready to do some stuff. But why? Paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Now, some of y'all say, man, demons. I don't know if I even believe in that. Word of God. Say so they're going to walk away from the faith, giving themselves over to the teachings of deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Demons teach. Demons have theology. There is no gray area in Christianity in this world. You're either on one side or the other. You're either listening to the teachings of demons or you are abiding under the word of God. Whereby your soul is being sanctified. There is no in between. Let me ask a question that can hopefully by God's grace, can guide us today. How do we know when we are entertaining deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons? How do we know? Stop, just right there, just think on that. How do you know when you're being instructed by a demon? 
There's a lot of them in the pulpit. I hear them every time. I ain't going to name no names today. I'm going to be nice. I ain't naming no names. Well, I can just. I named a few last couple weeks, but I'm going to be good today, Lord. Hope we all go. So I'm not going to name no names. But how do you know? When you're hearing doctrines and deceitful spirits and demons. On one translation, say, if you like to say it, devils. How do you know? And what are some of the major teachings of deceiving spirits and demons that go directly against the word of God that have come down through the history? What are some of their teachings? I'll give you a few, then I'm going to bring it up to the modern time. Well, who do you think started Islam? Think Jesus started that? That totally denies who he is? I don't think so. One of the most formidable forces of darkness in the world is Islam. All you got to do is go study it. Kill a lot of Christians. Even right now, as I speak, Christians are being persecuted by Islam people, Muslims. And will to the end until Jesus comes back. You got Mormonism. Who started that? Say Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. I mean, I know that ain't true. Right? Brothers. Man, where you get that doctrine from? You know that had to come from a demon. Brothers. That's what they teach. That's just a few, but I'm going somewhere. Paul says, Spirit explicitly says in the latter times, some would depart from the faith, giving paying attention to these spirits and teachers of demons, devils, evil beings. Don't have time to get into who they are, where they come from. But if you just want a good clue, go read Genesis chapter six. You can see um, where that talks about who they are, where they come from. Genesis six will help you with that. But they're here. All around. I saw him last night, saw him yesterday. Seen him all over the news. Saw him with that police officer as well. They're everywhere. Love to inhabit the bodies of humans. They're the arch enemies of God. They fight. Now, the question is why you got to go solve it. Why did God just take them all out one time? That would be real easy. Then we would not have to worry about it. Well, like I said last week, God said, I'm so good and good with my grace. I know that my grace can win you over and you get my grace in you that you will fight the good fight of faith even against those things. So it's a war of devotion. Yeah, God can take them out and he will. But for, for such time as now, they're here and they're always around. So. What are some of the teachings of these doctrines of demons and deceitful spirits that are in our world today, especially in our modern time? Modern doctrines that have come down to us in the last 300 years. So I'm going to go about the last 300 years and I'm going to bring it up to now and what we see, what is happening now in today. The last 300 years. This is why being a, um, a good preacher, a good student of the word, you also got to know history. Because I live in time. I'm, I'm not I'm not here in 21st century of devoid of time. I'm in a time slot. I have a time when I was born. I have a time when I'm going to die. And I also have people who have come before me who will come after me. That's true for all of us. So as a good student of the word is to understand history, to understand why it is some things are the way they are. Like this race stuff that we're dealing with. How did this get here? Where did it come from? Where did it start? So you, you, you have to know history. You have to understand history. You have to understand ideals and worldviews and how this stuff all fits in together. Doctrines of demons, as Paul alludes to. Well, in the early um, 17th, 18th century, there was a doctrine of demons that came into the world called the Enlightenment Movement, which is basically where they emphasized reason and science over faith in God. They, everything had to be proven through science and faith. We don't trust God no more. I don't need no faith. If I can't see it in black and white, then ain't God ain't real. That took over the world. 
Europe, as America was being birthed, it was a prominent thought among most people, especially those who could read and write, which is where it always starts from the top, and then it works its way down to the blocks of the hood. So it always starts at the elite schoolings or whatever. It's called the Enlightenment Movement. Everything had to be proven by science and human reasoning. Then in the midst of that happening, these demons are very intelligent and smart. They've been around for a while. They have studied the human race. So they understand how we are and who we are. So at the same time, while that's happening, a guy was born. He just had a great thought one day. His name was Charles Darwin, where we get Darwinism. And he basically said, and he came in the 18th century, and he had a theory of how we all got here. Guess where it came from? He theory says it doesn't come with God and it doesn't come from the Bible. So how do you get here? Well, somewhere in the ethers or ethers 16 billion years ago or whatever, boom, boom. And then come you up through a tadpole and you started off walking like a monkey. And then one day you're walking like this. And then in the midst of that, there was some, some smart, really people called Caucasoids over in these mountains. And down here with some other folks way here in hot Africa. But they're still like animalistic. Called Darwinism. Took over the world. What do you think they teach in schools now in the public schools? They don't start out saying, in the beginning, God created. Darwinism, evolution. That's a doctrine of demons. How many people you know right now believe that? So during this time when Darwinism is there, evolution process, natural selection, which gave birth to the science behind racism, that's when racism started to get its formation. Who was more top of the chart? Then you get out of that eugenics. It all connects. Enlightenment, no more God, human reasoning, we think with our minds, doctrine of demons, Darwin comes up, oh yeah, you don't come from God. Now, form, racism, eugenics, who's good, who's man, who's more human, who's animalistic, all this is happening 17, 18, 19th century. So we get from racism, I got here in my notes, and you get all the many tentacles that spring from his offspring that you see to this day. Man, I remember when I first thought about this race, I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself. There's one human race. Dion, where you at? I wanted to do this, but I, and Sister Carla, but I didn't talk to Carla, but I know Dion better, I know Carla, so Carla, but I'm gonna do so, I gotta, I gotta, I wanna, I got a visual illustration how crazy the doctrine of racism is. You know it had to come from a demon. So get ready, Dion. It's good with you, so I'm gonna use you. Kyle, if you will do it, because I didn't talk to you, I totally forgot, but if you don't, I feel good, it'll be all right. But it'll just be Dion. But I'll come back to that. I'm gonna make it plain. Doctrine of demons, racism. In God's blueprint, there's one human race, there's one man from all humans come. You read that in Acts 17. But when you take it out from the Bible, Darwin created a whole bunch of races. Huh? Doctrines of demons. And look at how that doctrine today has got the whole world in chaos. That's why Paul says, we demolish arguments and reasonings. And from come Darwinism, and around the same time in the 1800s, early 1900s, or well, 1800s, come a guy by the name of Karl Marx. 
a German philosopher, an economist, and a historian, and a sociologist, and a political revolutionary, and a journalist, and a socialist, his works inspired the foundation of communist regimes in the world then and now. When they say, when they say a communist nation like China or like Russia, Karl Marx is where they get their teachings from. And this is why you got to understand what you're hearing. Some of you don't have any idea how much impact Marxism has had on you personally right now sitting in this room. How you think. Why you do what you do. And not necessarily according to this, which Paul says. We're trying to bring everybody. Under the obedience of Christ called through evangelism, taking the word of God. Well, how is a racist guy going to become unracist? Someone got to go disciple somewhere. Say, bro, you got some mixed up theology there. You got the doctors of demons. <laughs> you need to come see PA. How does that happen? Oh, no. God, you're just going to save that guy by yourself. Come back to that. So you got Karl Marx, Marxism happening. So you got Father Detroit now, Enlightenment, Darwinism. Now you got socialism, Karl Marx, all his stuff coming in, how you should operate the world. And this was when, you, when, dark, when Marxism come and then he brings in uh, which leads us to what we call the economic and political systems of Darwinism, socialism. Basically, let's build a utopia on earth through man's reasoning. God told us as Christians, we're passing through. We're sojourners. We're pilgrims. This is not our home. I'm going to come and burn this up. All man plans will come to an end, but it's only the word of the Lord that will last forever. But. Marxism, socialism is looking for justice in a world of wrong sinners. Because when you get rid of one, another one's being born. What you going to do? Go into the nursing chat and ask if you want you just had a baby. Go and start preaching to little Jews. Jews, you're a sinner in the name of Jesus. We want you to be sanctified and glorified. She was like, I can't even understand what you're saying. Give me Allison. <laughs> see, you see how people not even thinking? So they think we're going to get utopia our way. We won't need Jesus. We're going to unify the people and make a one sinner love another sinner. Man, some of us are mad. We saved and sanctified and we pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. Help me, Jesus. And we can't even get that. <laughs> I like me and Shannon, we still argue out every now and then. And we both love Jesus. I don't know how y'all gonna get folks to do that. And when y'all figure it out, please help me know what it is and I'll pay you for it. <laughs> we don't all get along. Utopia, socialism, we all want no more individual, everyone the same. Huh? Where did it come from? Just told you. Social Darwinism, socialism, utopia, which is no more individuality, but everything is groupthink. Controlled by guess who? I.e. government. All right, moving along. All of these deceitful doctrines and doctrines of demons, teachers came together and converged together. Here in America, all scholars would say, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot here at Urban Hope in the 1960s. It was like the 60s, they all converge. All at one time. Talk to your grandparents. What happened in the 60s, Grandma? Christian folks went crazy. It's just like everybody woke up one day, took their Bible, if you've ever been bowling, and just 
put their finger in the middle and threw it back. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Threw it back. This went nuts. Nobody wanted to believe nothing no more. Go read and just study your history. 60s. Some call it the 60s, the fall of America, when everything went wrong. Abortion laws were being challenged. Back then, you couldn't abort no babies. Now, we're bored. I ain't want to get into the numbers. You can look it up yourself. We kill more babies than we have. But back before the 60s, couldn't do it. That got put into the play in the 60s. Y'all realize, me and Sandy, remember, go to school? What you had to do first thing in the morning, Sandy? When you went to school? What else? You pray. How many of y'all done that in school? Would Dion would come and lead a prayer like that? Imagine you in kindergarten and someone praying like that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Tequan, Dion, Emma D, and whoever. We pray that they will be the head and not the tail. We pray that they will be blessed. We pray that they will be great fathers in kindergarten, in school, in public schools. <laughs> Praying the Lord's Prayer. They took that out in the 60s. Said it was unconstitutional. Prayers went down. Guess what came about? Marriage started to plummet. Nobody want to be married. No, no, I want to be gigolo now. <laughs> and then that happened. Feminism came in. Another tentacle of Marxism. Which led to all sorts of misinterpretations of biblical womanhood and manhood, husband and wives, didn't nobody know what to do. It was all over the place. Some people said, I don't want to do this no more. It went crazy in the 60s. Then universities, colleges, were and are the breeding ground for all of these theories and doctrines taking place in society even right now. They're the breeding grounds of all of these theories. Better yet, doctrines of demons. And so I end coming to my end here, my main points. What are some of the deceiving teachings of demons that are at play right now in America? You tell me what's at play right now, what you see on the news. Think about what I just said. What are the major, major doctrines and teachings that I saw in them young people's faces last night in Hoover with hammers? And they're planning and strategizing how they're going to get in Galleria. And they got to Van Mar and they got to Jerry Jewelry and they ain't enough. They're doing it all over the country. And they ain't fearing God. When no God, me and Dion and Malcolm was there. Did we see any Reverend Showsworth and, and Martin Luther King? We hear no prayers. We heard some vulgar music. Ain't want no justice. And I'm like, we getting that, we getting in belt. We getting, we getting them Louis Vuittons out of there, and we getting them Jordans. And they gonna keep coming back every night because there's too many of them. They ain't got enough cops to stop them. They gonna shut that mall down. Let's Christians sit back and say, well, you know what? We got a choice. We ain't not robots. So what would Apostle Paul do? So what doctrines do you think is at work right now in the culture? Carl, let's put back up 2 Corinthians. Let's walk through this. Writer says, although we walk, we live in the flesh. We are in the flesh here today. But Paul said, we don't wage our war in the flesh like everybody else. It's deeper than that. What's moving people is ideas. And when you war in the flesh, all you can do is do a civil war in the flesh, but you don't get rid of ideals. Ideals are powerful. The demons operate in the world of ideals. What you think and believe. That's why the Bible calls it the teaching and doctrines of demons. So Paul says, 
First of all, our war is not in the flesh. It's not that I'm bigger and go out there and I can wrestle with 2,000 people. I'm going to lose that one. They've won the war by ideals. So Paul says we wage not the war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare, they are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God. First of all, through God. God didn't leave us empty handed. He's given us a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You got to know your words. You got to know when you're dealing with what you're dealing with, why it is that you think and do what you do. You're either being moved by God's word or you're being moved by doctrines of demons. There is no in-between. God is absolute truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. So we war not against the flesh, but I powerful through the word, through God, for the demolition of strongholds. This Greek word strongholds is human reasonings. What people think. As a man thinketh, so is he. What you believe is more powerful than anything. So Marxism is not stupid men. They wrote information that has been controlling the world for hundreds of years. Those are doctrines. And so when the word of God comes up against it, there's a tug of war. There's a war with, with the mind. So what are some of the strongholds happening now that we are warring up against? Right now, we have any marriage, any way, any kind. For hundreds of years, that never happened. Now it is open borders for anything. People are now talking about marrying their poodles, their dogs. How did that happen? Now, the word of God makes it very plain that marriage is between who? Say it loud so everybody can hear it so it's not just Pastor Alton. What does the world say? Presidents, politicians, What does God's word say about work? God says, in the beginning, he created man to do what? To work. To work with his hands. To take care of the garden. And Paul, later on in all his New Testament writings, keeps saying, if a person doesn't work and they're idle, don't feed them. Don't give them free food. Don't, don't feed into it. God made humans to work. Humans is how we, because God works. But why is it that most people try to give money to people and don't want them to work? Who came up with that theology? You think God came up with it? Huh? Who came up with it? So who's smarter, the demons or God? Paul says, we take the word of God, the demolition of the strongholds. This is why at Urban Hope, we lift up work, not social engineering welfare. Guess who brings it, who brought it to the black community? This is why you got to know your history. Pre-60s, you guys keep hearing me saying it. How did they destroy? How did we go from marriage to not wanting to even get married? What happened? Social Marxist engineering told the black man, get out the house. We'll take care of your wife. You don't you can't be here. We the government will feed her and take care of her. And now look at every ghetto, every project. And we wonder why we wake up every time we see Dion sent me an article today in Baltimore this weekend alone. Multiple killings. It had nothing to do with all the riots and stuff. And it's been going on for years. 
What doctrine are people holding to? So they're not listening to the word of God. And Paul goes on to say, we demolish these arguments, same term reasonings, these ideals. They're proud things that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So what is happening now? There's a war. There's a spiritual war. Took me a long time to understand, man. I used to think Satan was sleeping like Rip Van Winkle. I say that facetiously, meaning just jokingly, I just say he's not sleeping. And what you're seeing happening now, and this is as Dion was praying, if the church don't show up, guys, I don't know, in three months, three years, you'll have America as you see it now. There are people who, who believe working hard, going to school, getting married, staying committed to one wife is not good. We don't need to do that. We need to have everyone do what they want to do, live the way they want to live, not work that much, government to take a V. And that's what Marx has taught. He said, get rid of the family, you get rid of, you get rid of the family, you get rid of God, you get rid of God, you get rid of capitalism. You get rid of the whole ideal. You can't have individual business workers, owners, and you can't have that because that people got too much control of their lives. We need to control your life. And there are people who just so. Well, basically, that's what the Antichrist is. Antichrist is basically saying you can't do nothing without me telling you. That's all. And Jesus told us that's coming. Well, how's that going to come? You think it's just going to happen like, like that? There has to be a generation of people who have the ideals in the belief system that that kind of a leader is what they need. So the foundation is being laid. Most millennials believe that a socialism president or a leader is better than you being your own free person. How did that happen? <laughs> Y'all don't even know this. In school, we had a class on communism so you can know what it was. All the way I explain communism, socialism, is the doctrines of unbelievers. Like Christianity is a doctrine of believers. The word of God. They got a doctrine too. How are they going to get utopia? The way they're doing it. <laughs> so you think that this is just going to go away? Folks just going to like each other? There's only one thing in the world that can unify human beings. And that's the man who died on that rugged cross. The innocent for the guilty. Who took on your shame, my shame. Who took on your sins, my sins, and brought it to himself. And he says, now that you understand my grace, love each other as I have loved you. That's the only way you can get unity. You can't get unity by putting no hat on, having no blood, no cribs, making no truces. None of that stuff works. But that doesn't mean that unbelievers will not try their way. And folks will be co-opted into it. And it's happening. The doctrines of demons. So what do we do as Christians? What do we do? Because tonight, you're going to hear more and more. What does the word of God say? The word of God says there are two human people groups, the unsaved and the saved, the redeemed and the unredeemed. That's what the word of God says. The unredeemed and the redeemed. The old Adam and in the new Adam, Jesus Christ. You're either in one or the other. You're still in the old Adam with your dead in your sins or you in Jesus Christ with your sins forgiven. That's, those are the two human realities. So back to Dion and Carla. Dion, come here. I'm going to use Dion and Carla. If you feel like to come up, you come up. I want to use this. I love this young man. Let me show you the foolishness of racism. 
got to make it plain so y'all can understand it. So next time someone's saying, y'all, white people, racist, because this man right here didn't have anything to do with what, who he came in the world, who were his parents or his dad, and nor did Carla. So when you say all white people are racist, which part are you racist in, D? Which one is racist in you? <laughs> now, I'm being serious. These are human beings. Which one of them is the good and the bad? Stop that nonsense. Watch your words. Say that man, Mr. Joe, is racist. Don't say again, all white people are racist or all blacks are racist. These are individuals made in the image and the likeness of God. They're redeemed. And that people got people right now, if you say you like a white person on Facebook, you cancel. Church, stand up. Be accounted. You will stand for Jesus. Don't take his grace and hide it in your back pocket. Stand up for truth. Lose some friends on Facebook. Let it be what it is. You will give an account on the day of judgment for your very thoughts. You might as well go ahead and live for him now. So which one is it? Y'all love Dion. So Dion, they're telling me right now all white people are racist and Carl, they're telling me racist, so I, I want the black side, but I don't want the white side. How can I get the black side and keep the white side with you? How can I get that out of you? Okay. Can't get it? But they keep telling me, just because you got white blood, you see the foolishness in that, guys? If you're going to post, say, I met a racist white guy. His name was Joe Honor. To say who that guy was. Don't generalize. Because when you generalize, you hurt people. And you say Jesus don't mean anything. Say nobody can change. And we might as well go out tonight and all get our looting gear on because ain't no, ain't no difference anyway. But we know we don't believe that. We know Patrick and Emily is not racist. Yes, we live in a fallen world and we will always have brokenness and murders and rapes because people are born with an evil heart. You guys can have your seats. So with that, it's my point. I just wanted to use them. We love these people. We are Christians and they will know us by our love for one for another. If you ever say you love Jesus, Urban Hope, we are being called for such a time as this into this work. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about it. We must be gospelized. The past is the past. We deal with it appropriately. But as I said, I was using my words carefully. What if someone kept throwing your past up? When do you ever get forgiven? Stay biblical. Because what God will do, and he's doing it, God's going to expose people. He told me that this day. He says, tell them to keep doing this stuff. I'm going to take your sins. That's been done in the dark. And I'll put them up on the board post. Stay away. We're Christians. That's why we can do what we do. Because we're new creatures in Christ. Amen. Father in heaven, we come before you today. A hard word, Father, for a hard time. We are in. Father, we need you. No mistake about it. The church is. It's in a, in a difficult place, Father, but you have said in your word that you would always have a remnant. And Father, we're not many here today, small group, but you've never been about the size of people. You've always looked for the faithfulness of a few who would stand in the gap for truth, no matter what it costs. It took 12 men and changed the world. 
And so, Father, we pray as the world is being shaken from within and without. Lord, we want to be the light on the hill. Come and empower us by your spirit. Help us to show the kind of love one to another, Father, that even though we will lose Facebook friends and Instagram likes because we will just profess our love one to another to a brother of a lighter hue. Father, I never thought we would get to such a time in America, but we are here. And Father, help us to be diligent about evangelism. Even to those who, who don't even like us because of our skin color. Lord, you've been saving racist people from the beginning of time. Saul of Tarsus, Peter, the word of God is filled up with men and women that you've saved by your grace. And they've done great work for your kingdom. You've saved us. We were all kinds of people. Ungodly, immoral, cheaters, idolaters. And here we are saved by your grace through your faith. Come, Lord Jesus. Be with us as a nation, as a city, as a people of God, that we will shine brightly in this hour. Help us to be grounded in the truth of your word so that we will be able to demolish the arguments and the strongholds that are worn against us. These doctrines of demons and teachings, Lord, that are that are irrational, that have come down through generations of men and women who meant the kingdom of God no harm, no, uh, uh, no ill will. They wanted to hurt us. It's no big human and little human. We're all humans made in your image. Bless us now, we pray. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. We'll stand to your feet. Let's be, um, see the benediction.